We are going to get to know LA Kings forward Kevin Fiala a little bit better with the help of a special guest. That's next on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And on YouTube, please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. By the way, we're at 498 subscribers. Come on, Kings fans, let's get to that 500 mark by the weekend if you can. Uh, thanks for the help on that. Uh, my name is Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years. For the past 20 plus years, the Fox Sports Radio Network, where I'm a co-host, sidekick, reporter, and NHL insider. Also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years. And of course, more importantly to you, a very passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years. We are 47 days away from the LA Kings season opener, October 11th against the Vegas Golden Knights. 23 days away from the 2022 rookie face-off in San Jose, where the Kings will be taking on five other Western Conference opponents in a three-day event. So we are counting down to when we get some hockey and uh, looking forward to that. Uh, also looking forward to seeing uh, Kevin Fiala on the ice wearing an LA Kings sweater. And for some help and getting to know Kevin Fiala a little bit better, we are very uh, happy to welcome in the host of Locked on Wild. His name is Seth Topal. And Seth was very, very accommodating to me today because I had some issues with a flat tire. Seth, uh, thank you so much for your time and for being accommodating and, and for joining us on Locked on Kings today. Of course, it's my pleasure. I always enjoy getting a chance to chat with other hosts in the network, and this is officially my first chance to uh, to welcome you in person to the network, so uh, happy to be here. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So let's talk about Kevin Fiala. Like I said, uh, Kings fans very excited about getting him. I know it was uh, not so exciting of a time for Wild fans to have to see him say goodbye um, because of salary cap issues, unfortunately, just couldn't afford to keep him. Um, and it wasn't because you didn't want to keep him, uh, especially because of uh, 33 goals and 85 points uh, last season. So I, I want to know all about Kevin Fiala because obviously you've watched him uh, on, on many different levels. But I guess the first thing is, um, how will his tenure in Minnesota be remembered with the Wild? You know, it's funny because I think there are two different parts of Fiala's tenure that people are going to uh, take a look at is his regular season, uh, his regular season performance and his postseason performance. Over the last few years, as a member of the Minnesota Wild, Fiala has done a lot of things that few Wild players ever had. This season that he just finished up ended up being one of the best in franchise history. 85 points, as you alluded to. So he was one of uh, a couple of players that broke the franchise record for points in a single season. So very productive, uh, kind of a quiet player, but uh, one that definitely won fans over with his propensity to be more of a late season surge type player. But a player as well that uh, over the last couple of postseasons uh, was quiet this uh, this past year, obviously a frustrating series for the Wild against the Blues. Um, Fiala was one of those players that just could not get it going. You look at what happened uh, the previous season against the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, a quiet round for him as well. 
So that I think frustrated a lot of people, but look, you'll find no one who was more of an advocate for keeping Kevin Fiala than this guy right here wanted to try whatever we could to, uh, to fit him into the payroll. It just didn't work out that way. I could not think higher of Fiala and, uh, and what he brings to the ice. And so uh, you guys are getting just a, a phenomenal player that I think is on the cusp. We saw it this past of really turning into one of those great NHL players. Um, and that's got to be exciting uh, for a big market like Los Angeles to have a player like that to build around after a pretty, uh, pretty great season uh, that the Kings had uh, just this past year. Yeah, for sure. Not only to get a, a, a fine young offensive player, but filling their biggest need as well. They really needed a top line winger to go along with Andre Kopitar and Adrian Kempe. But now he is playing on a top line. He did not play on the top line. Correct me if I'm wrong. In Minnesota, I, I believe he was on the second line with Matt Boldy and Frederick Gaudreau. Do you think he's ready to kind of step up and be a top line player and, and the responsibilities that come with being a top line player? I think he is. I think what it came down to for Fiala in Minnesota was you have this chemistry with Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello mm. that you just don't see in other spots around the league. There are a few examples here and there of players who have just this otherworldly ability to set up a teammate for a goal or to just be in the right place for a carom or, or things along that line. And Kaprizov and Zuccarello uh, a couple of years ago in Kaprizov's first year finally started to click. And it's just not a combo that the Wild were comfortable breaking up. And so Fiala slotted in logically as uh, a second-line guy. Matt Boldy came into the uh, the fray, and Fiala had just some great chemistry with him, similar to what we've seen with Kaprizov and Zuccarello. And so it ended up being 1A, 1B by the uh, by the end of the season. I have no doubt that Fiala is capable of being a top-line guy. It just was tricky to break that up uh, here in Minnesota because the last thing you want to do when you have lines that are are performing on all cylinders is tinker. Like mm -hmm. it just if it's working, you just leave it alone and you just uh, let them do their thing. So I think getting a chance to do that in Los Angeles is going to be a great opportunity for him. I think the big thing that it comes down to is that at the beginning of the season last year. Fiala was with just kind of a, a hodgepodge. The Wild had more defensive guys on that line, and it took a little while for Fiala to get going. Once he had a more offense-oriented winger on that line with him, it clicked, and uh, he put up just insane numbers down the stretch, 25 goals in his last 40-ish games of the season. So um, a good winger on a line with him, and obviously a good center as well. Um, is going to do him wonders, and I I think he's fully capable of playing a uh, a top line role. Well, that's good news. Uh, what we, we also need help in Los Angeles with our power play. Uh, it was 27th in the league last year. It's one of the things that it really held us back from probably being a better team. Certainly, we saw in the playoff series against the Oilers what a good power play can do. Uh, and, and we even in the Stanley Cup Finals, look at the Avalanche power play. It can be such a a big weapon. 
for a team. It wasn't for the Kings. So I know that 17 of Kevin Fiala's 33 goals came on the power play. So what can he do on the power play and kind of uh, some of the things he's capable of doing to help the Kings power play get better? Well, I think first and foremost, he is an aggressor, which you look at the single biggest factor to the wild having just a a very inconsistent, I think is putting it nicely, power play throughout the season. He is a player that is not afraid to shoot the puck. And so when you have a team that gets stuck on the perimeter a little too much and passes the puck around, just trying to wait for that perfect shot that maybe never shows up, he's a player that is certainly capable of letting it rip anytime he gets the puck. And the Wilds tinkered with him on the second line for a good majority of the season at the end of the year, just out of just out of trying to get something to work before the postseason started. They put him on the top power play and it really seemed to energize the team over the last handful of games. Now in the postseason, it just went right back to where it was, but he is a player that just has a lot of really good elements to his game. And I think that fearlessness to shoot really takes the cake as the thing that sets him apart and makes him such a successful player with the man advantage is you've got a couple of guys in that grouping that are elite passers. And so if you can find him an opportunity, he's going to bury it. And we, we saw a lot of that this year and uh, I would not expect anything less than that to continue out in Los Angeles. Well, when it comes to a player like Kevin Fiala, especially last year, there's a lot more good than bad, but every player has things that they can work on. What are some of the things that Kevin Fiala doesn't do well and that he'll need to improve on to be a a better, well-rounded, star-type player? You know, I think the big thing, and I'll speak again to just the overall level of growth that we saw in Fiala this season, going from being a a player that was really offense-only to being able to help out on the penalty kill, being not a liability defensively. Um, I think those are some really good things that he also added to his game. I think the biggest thing for Kevin is when things aren't going well, and we saw this early on in the season, he tends to get frustrated, and that can lead to bad penalties. It happened in the series against the St. Louis Blues where he had uh, a couple of just – really careless penalties that seemed to happen out of frustration at what was going on during a particular game. He had one game during when this was right about the time that things started to kind of pick up for him. Uh, I believe it was against the Washington Capitals had three consecutive penalties that he drew on three consecutive shifts. And so at that point, Dean Evison benched him and the Wild were tied or were trailing by one late in that game. And it seemed like Dean Evison was just going to be set to not bring him back in because, you know, you don't want a guy to commit a penalty in that situation. But they talked about it in the second intermission. And Dean and Fiala have some history back in, the, uh, in his AHL days uh, when Evison was a coach of the uh, Nashville affiliate at the time. And so those two have some history. So they talked about it during the second intermission. Fiala said, look, I get it. I, I, you can't be doing that out on the ice during an NHL game. And so Dean 
got that uh, Fiala understood the message, put him back in the game. He assisted on uh, the game tying goal and uh, ended up having a goal in the shootout as well. So it's more so just, I think, a guy who wants to really contribute at all times. And if he's not getting goals or, or if the, the scoring's a little dry, it, it gets frustrating, and that leads to some penalties. Now, if he can clean that up, that uh, that should make him into – it's something that I think can be cleaned up. Uh, it just comes down to him just trying to keep a level head during games, even when he's not contributing goals. Go find another way to contribute to a win uh, and just trust that the points are going to come regardless. We're going to talk much more about Kevin Fiala in just a second, but uh, locked on – wild host Seth Topol. But first, uh, if you'd like to place a wager on the LA Kings or the Minnesota Wild uh, to win the Stanley Cup next season, go check out betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Head to BetOnline or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. We continue with Seth Topal, host of Locked on Wild, and uh, we talk a little bit about some of the things that Kevin Fiala needs to work on. What are some of the things he really excels at? What makes him a special player? Uh, I think it just comes down to his confidence, for one. Uh, Anybody that puts 25 goals in the net in a 40-game span is obviously feeling pretty good. He is somebody that I think is really good at, at attacking, um, he is somebody, as I alluded to earlier, that is not afraid to shoot the puck, whether it's going in or not, that does not affect his ability to shoot. And, um, I will say early on in the season, it seemed like he had some otherworldly bounces, whether it be off the post or just an insane save by the opposing goalie that led to him not scoring when he probably should have in maybe nine times out of 10, he, a goal that he would have scored at just that 10th time didn't play out that way. So he's, he's very gifted at scoring, just handling the puck. He, he had no shortage of insane goals from angles that just defy logic. And so he is a player much like Kirill Kaprizov, maybe not as fast, but uh, just gifted with the puck in his hands. Um, And if you can, put somebody that can kind of play catch with them out there on the ice. He just, he, he just makes it look easy. He, he makes it look effortless out there. And so, you know, it's, it's going to be fun for a, um, a bigger market to see him really perform and kind of put all of his tools out there. As I alluded to, he, he really started to show some promise on the defensive side of the puck tune. Um, got some time on the penalty kill as the season progressed. And, you know, it, it got to the point midway through to late in the season where you're talking after a game and you're saying, hey, Kevin Fiala was pretty good there defensively when it counted. So he's somebody that I think can grow his game even more, which is crazy considering we're talking about a guy who's probably entering the prime of his career at 25 and has already been in the league for seven years. Yeah. So it's just, it's the whole package, everything you would want from uh, a budding superstar and, you know, somebody that seems like he has a few more 
tricks that he can uh, can put in the bag as as the years go by. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't believe he's ever worn a, a letter on his sweater with the Minnesota Wild. Um, it, it, is it something that maybe he grows into as far as a leadership role now that he's had a team make a long-term financial commitment to him? And and what kind of teammate is he, generally speaking? I, I could see him being somebody that eventually uh, maybe is an alternate captain. I don't know if it, it depends on the makeup of the rest of the team, if he'd be somebody that would be considered captain material. Obviously, here... The Wild have Jared Spurgeon, who's been the captain the last couple of seasons, and that was after the long tenure as captain for Miko Koivu. Two guys who were more so leaders by action than leaders by voice. Um, soft-spoken guys in the locker room. Kevin, I think, mirrors that. He He's not somebody that is super vocal, uh, just kind of goes about his business, which you know can be a good example for younger players is just hey look at how i do things out there on the ice and just replicate it um by all accounts he um he was a great teammate um seemed like everybody got along with him here in minnesota didn't really hear about any sort of like issues pouting or anything um and so i think he will be a great fit for the kings and you know, as he matures, as he grows, I could definitely see him going into more of a leader type role um, for that Kings roster. Now, I don't know uh, how, how much you've had a chance to interact with him in the past, but uh, is there anything you can tell us about Kevin Fiala, the person? Um, was he a fan favorite of sorts in the Twin Cities? Does he seem like a, a good guy off the ice? Was there ever any issues with him away from the rink? Uh, just what type, what type of guy is he, would you say? Well, I, I think the big thing that um, Fiala brings off the ice, he just seems like he likes to have fun. I, I haven't personally had a chance to uh, interact with him at all, but um, the guy that likes to travel in the offseason, likes to uh, go to all those exotic types of locations um, and just recently got married. So um, it, it seems like he is just somebody that enjoys his time on the ice as much as he enjoys his time off the ice. And um, I that there was a large majority of people that uh, would have liked to see him stay here uh, in Minnesota and be part of this group moving forward. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, King's got a good one, and uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy uh, a lot of what you get um, from Kevin Fiala, both on the ice and off, and I'm I'm sure he's going to love Los Angeles. It's no mm. it's no coincidence that he ended up going to the Los Angeles Kings with some other opportunities, such as New Jersey. I think was uh, was one of the finalists. Ottawa was rumored to be one of the finalists as well. It's uh, it's no secret that obviously of all those places, Los Angeles is probably the one to go. Yeah, I saw on Twitter today. Apparently, he's uh, hanging out in Paris, and I saw he had his sunglasses on behind the with the Eiffel Tower. I'm like, well, he's going to have some good use for those sunglasses here uh, in Southern California. Uh, Seth, I've been able to talk to a lot of the locked on hosts from the other Pacific Division teams over the past week. It's been really cool getting to know them, and obviously talking about how we think the Pacific Division is is going to play out. Uh, but looking at the Western Conference, um, you know, I know a lot of people think the Pacific is of the four divisions in the NHL, the the fourth. 
Um, and, and obviously the Central had five teams in the playoffs last year. Uh, the, the Pacific only got three in. Uh, being someone who's in the Central, um, do you see that being the case again? Or do you think maybe we could see a fourth team from the Pacific this year? You know, it's fascinating in looking at what has transpired in the Pacific Division this offseason. You have the Flames mm-hmm. losing Johnny Goudreau and the other trades they made, and then salvaging it by uh, signing Nazem Kadri to the uh, the big deal that he just signed. So are they trending back up? Are they trending down? I still tend to believe that, yes, they're going to be a good team, not as good as they were last year, obviously. You have the Oilers who finally stabilized their goalie position, and uh, it looks like they finally have given um, the uh, the top-tier players there uh, a chance to, to get a little more consistent goaltending. So I think the Oilers are going to be right there. Obviously, the Kings last year, really the only thing that they didn't do was score goals, and now they've addressed that with Kevin Fiala. So you'd imagine that they're going to be near the top of the list as well. You've got the likes of Seattle. You've got the likes of Anaheim who are trying to kind of uh, keep going in the right direction, but they may be a little bit away. The Vegas Golden Knights are just handing people plane tickets and Mm -hmm. saying see you later uh, because they really don't have a choice with their cap situation. The Sharks are uh, going, I think, into a wide-scale rebuild, so it's going to be a little bit for them. So you got those four teams that could uh, and probably should be in the conversation at the end of the day. And then you look at the central division, uh, you've got the Colorado avalanche who are going to be the toast of the Western conference, even with the, uh, the players they lost still a very deep team and um, an intriguing goalie tandem for them that uh, I, I'm going to have to see it play out and some games happen before I can really figure out, how I feel about the uh, the Avs goaltending combo. You got the Wild, you got the Blues, you got the Predators, you got the Stars, who basically all had similar off seasons, some big losses, but um, they, they've got some nice young players that uh, that go with each of them. So I would say that those will probably be the teams that are fighting it out. Vegas isn't going to be there this year, and there will probably be one or two teams that surprise everybody. Maybe Anaheim can stick with their uh, their first half that they had last year and not tail off. At the end of the day, it would be nice to uh, to not have to look at the postseason picture and say, oh, great, if the Wild win in the first round, then they get to go take care of, uh, of Dallas or Nashville. It'd be nice to get a little more of a um, even split. So I guess we'll have to wait and see, but if there's going to be a year that the Pacific kind of evens the scales a little bit, it would be this one. That is Seth Topol. He is the host of Locked on Wild. Seth, great stuff. Thanks for your insight on Kevin Fiala. And again, thank you very much for being flexible today and, and joining me for this, for this interview. Uh, I know we're both looking forward to the season, uh, looking forward to seeing what Kevin Fiala can do in L.A. Um, but best of luck with uh, the Locked on Wild show. And again, thank you so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Appreciate having me on, and um, we'll uh, we'll reciprocate as we get closer. We've uh, we've got a little bit of the off season left, so we'll uh, we'll do a little bit of a look at the Kings over on Lockdown Wild as well here before too long. All right, thanks, thanks, Seth, and uh, again, best of luck with Lockdown Wild. Appreciate it. Thank you.
Again, that was Seth Topol, and we really appreciate his time uh, today on the show. Uh, we still have a couple more things to mention, but I do want to remind you of this. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks, a few become too many, and as the evening goes to an end, uh, people start to head out, and you think about calling for a ride, but now nah, you live nearby, you can make it home okay, it's not a big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even, even if, if you do, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everybody knows the risks of driving drunk, but the results are tragic and deadly. However, it still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead, get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or the life of someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. So we talked a little bit about uh, the Central Division and the Pacific Division with Seth. Um, we have some news on a team in the Pacific Division with a brief rival report, and that is the Vegas Golden Knights signing veteran forward Phil Kessel to a one-year deal worth $1.5 million. This is going to be his 17th season in the NHL for Kessel, who is one goal away from 400, four points away from 1,000 for his career. Uh, he is leading the NHL right now as far as consecutive games played, so he's currently the NHL's Ironman. He's played in 982 consecutive games. He's seven away from the all-time record held by Keith Yandel. So again, Phil Kessel joining the Pacific Division. We remember him back when the Arizona Coyotes were, were in the Pacific, but uh, Phil Kessel uh, joining the Vegas Golden Knights on a one-year deal. I also wanted to mention one other quick note involving the LA Kings. Uh, the Greenville Jackrabbits are now uh, an affiliate with the LA Kings. They are an ECHL affiliate with the LA Kings, so it's possible that some Kings players will be heading to Greenville, South Carolina to play a little bit of hockey, but the uh, LA Kings making that announcement uh, yesterday uh, or earlier in the week. And uh, great logo, by the way, if you if you check that out, the Greenville Jackrabbits. Or no, it's the I'm sorry, it's the Swamp Rabbits, the Greenville Swamp Rabbits, not Jackrabbits. Um, I think I think I was thinking of Long Beach Poly High School or something. So the Swamp Rabbits, I don't know what a Swamp Rabbit is. I guess maybe if you if you live in Greenville, South Carolina, you know, but they have a pretty cool logo if you want to check that out. I actually have a t-shirt of theirs. Somebody sent me a t-shirt of the Greenville Swamp Rabbits uh some time ago. I don't sorry, I don't have it on today to show you. But anyway, just a couple of notes to uh to let you know about uh one of the Pacific Division and and one involving the LA Kings new ECHL affiliate. Hey, to keep up to date on this show and what's going on with the LA Kings, please follow us on Twitter. We are at Locked on LA Kings. If you'd like to send me an email with any comments or thoughts on this show, you can uh, send them over to lockedoneddy at gmail.com. That's E D D I E, lockedoneddy at gmail.com. We will have our special email uh, feature on tomorrow's show on Friday. So if you want to get a, a comment in on that, please do so. And I want to thank you for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. Now I want to invite you to make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On ex experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast of all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. It's Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. Again, thank you so much for listening and watching Locked On LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia, as always, reminding you, go Kings, go.